Hey, this is Caleb Cole, pastor of Project Church in Sacramento. And man, I am so excited for you to hear this word. I believe God is going to encourage you, strengthen you, and challenge you through it. So get ready to receive from God today. Come on, Project Church. Give it up for this team getting this set in place in 30 seconds. They had 30 seconds to get her done, and they did it. How's everybody doing? Come on, make some noise for Justin and Asia right now. So listen, um, we thought it'd be cool in the middle of this series, It's Not You, It's Me. We've been in the middle of a relationship series. How many of you know we so often focus on the other person, on what they need to do, what they need to change? And uh, often God is going, no, 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 I'm working on you. And so in this series, we're really digging into, man, what is God saying to us? What do we need to change? And uh, we thought it'd be cool because we just hired Justin and Asia to be the worship pastors here at Project Church, uh, like what, officially three weeks, four weeks now. And uh, we thought, man, it'd be cool for you guys to get to know them a little bit because, um, you know, some of you are still getting to know them. You want to know more about them, like what's their story? And so we thought it'd be cool in the middle of this series if we heard a little bit from them, and then Christy and I are going to share a little tag team word this morning with y'all. So this is Justin Asia Goss. Um, they have four children, been married for 12 years. 12 years. Yes. Of glorious bliss, right? No problems, Never no struggles. Problem. Everything's it's been perfect. perfect. Never yeah. argue, nothing. Not in front of the kids, especially. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so um, I thought it'd be cool, you know, first to kind of hear more about you guys' ministry journey, because I think, you know, you're here now, you're in this role but what was, you know, what has God done through you in the past, just so we can get to know you guys a little more. So talk to us about, you know, ministry for the two of you up to this point. Okay, well, um, I was a thug, and then um, I got saved at <laughs> around 15 years old. Um, I was running the streets. I grew up in uh, foster care, and so a lot of my life I felt like I needed to find something to attach my identity to, and I connected real heavy in the streets. And, um, and one day, we got caught up on some stuff, and I told God, if you get me out of this, <laughs> I'll give you my life. And I know people do that all the time, but I was serious. I was like, yeah, I was tired of the same old, same old thing. And, and I gave God my life when I was 15 years old. And so when I was 16, I got my minister's license. You know what I'm saying? Church God in Christ. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and, uh, you know, I thought I was the man in these church streets, okay? You know what I'm saying? Young, charismatic. Got up and preached and changed my voice. I'm like, listen, the Bible says. I used to preach like that. Like, what? And, uh, and so, yeah, so that's, that's where I started. Um, and uh, I grew up in Fairfield and Vallejo. I lived in both areas in foster care. And so my, um, my church I was at was in Vallejo, OPAF, Church of God in Christ. OP, you know me. But anyway, um, y'all don't know about that. Anyway, and so uh, that's, that's where uh, ministry sort of started for me. And so as a young man, it was always spoken over me like, you, God's going to use you. You're going to be a pastor. And so I took that with, a, with a, a lot of pride as a young man. Had to get humbled a few times with that idea of, like, even being a leader in church. Because I'm like, yeah, duh. <laughs> I'm out here. And God was like, yeah, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> so I got humbled really quick. So that's kind of how I started. Um, I grew up in Mississippi. Mm-hmm. But I came down here when I was, like, 11, 12 years old um, in Vallejo, California, and um, I started going to church out there. It was code, not Kojic, uh, apostolic. apostolic Pentecostal. Long so, skirts, oh all my the way gosh, to the ankles. All the way, you can see nothing. No high, ankle high, uh, what, do you, what do you call them? Stockings? We had yeah. Or stockings. <laughs> so it was that for me. And then I got saved when I was 16. It got real. I, I grew up in church, but it got real for me when I was 16. Um, family going through a lot. My didn't know anyone. Culture shock for sure. And so just um, that's where it really started for me. I started singing on the praise and worship team. Um, shout out to James Williams because he Williams believed in me. He's seen yes. it. I was so shy. I didn't. I would sing like this, but he believed. He kept putting me up there, um, and it really saved my life because I I knew that God was like it was something more. Growing up in church, it didn't get real until it got real. And yeah. so, um, just singing there just saved my life. And then I started. I met this guy, and <laughs> fit, <laughs> and um, I was in a church, not church, a gospel group. He's a mess. Isn't he a mess? <laughs> uh, gospel group. And that's where I met him. She I didn't want nothing to do. No, no. Nothing to do with him. Didn't want nothing to do with him. But after a while, I did. I started to like him. I, I was in denial for a long time. Yes, you were. And I, this is my first time admitting it. You, you feel good? I admitted yeah, I it. I admitted admit it. it. I was in, in denial. <laughs> so, yeah, that was what's for me. You <laughs> see? Kidding. I can't do it. So, yeah, that's, right. where it's, that's where it started for me. Just in church, you know? Yeah. It, it 
It wasn't always great, but it was amazing when it got real for me. Yeah, so I love like hearing the beginning stages and God calling you guys at a young age and then connecting you. I know you guys got married pretty young too. 21, oh, yeah. I was 21. Oh they, were, they were little babies, you know, and, uh, and jumped in. And uh, I think it's so cool though to see what God's, you know, how he's brought you through a lot, but then he's brought you to here. Um, and so I think it would be, you know, good for the church to even hear what, what have the last couple of years looked like? Because I know ministry has kind of evolved and changed and yeah. you've been to different roles, but um, just what do you, you know, these last four or five years, what brought you to this point of being at Project Church? Yeah, well, um, good question. I'm just joking. <laughs> uh, so um, just just to go even a little bit further, when me and my wife first got married, I grew up in a church that was very male-dominated, for sure. Like, women couldn't even stand in a pulpit. they get rebuked. You got to sit in the little pulpit. And so in my head, because, you know, the call of God on my life was so strong, I wanted my wife to know that I'm going to take care of this. So I told her when we were uh, first married, I was like, hey, everything you're going to accomplish is going to be because of me and through me. That was the stupidest thing I ever could have said in my life. And I meant it, and I thought it was fire. I thought she was going to be like, that's my baby, you know what I'm saying? Like, I love him. And she looked at me like, boy, stop. You know, she looked at me, and I was like, no, for real. You feel me? Like, God got some big things for me, and then when it happened for me, then after, then you're going to get it. And she like, what? And, um, and so she helped me get that together. So when I, when I, was, a, I was a youth pastor and a, and a worship leader um, at a church in Fairfield, that was my first time ever being, like, in a part-time role at a church. And um, I did not carry that with grace. I carried it with pride. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I almost lost my marriage because of it. And that's a whole nother story. Um, but I, I set out for ministry for a while. And then um, I got connected with a, with a few churches where we were just kind of pouring into uh, not really getting much just gas money, just pouring into them, leading worship at a church in Vallejo for a while. And then we came out here to Sacramento, and uh, we always felt like God called us to sack. We lived in Fairfield, and we just felt like, I don't know why, it was weird. We like, man, God called us to sack, but I'm a Fairfieldian. Like, I always want to gangbang Fairfield. Like, well, I'm from Fairfield, my mama, you know. And so I always want to rep my city, but, like, God just called us here. And, and we weren't going to leave, and he forced us. We lost our place, and we ended up having to move here, and we have the nicest house we've ever lived in. It ain't crazier than a lot of people's, but it's fire for us. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and uh, and so <laughs> it's fire for us. You know, I just cut the grass yesterday. Anyway, uh, shout out to Pastor Caleb. You know what I'm saying? Put me on game. But, um, but yeah, so I served as a, a worship pastor uh, for about two and a half years at a church here locally in Sacramento. And to be honest, um, I'm not going to fake cry because I almost cried in first service. But um, it, ended, it didn't end well. It didn't end well, and Pastor Caleb knows, like, kind of all about that situation. It didn't end well. It ended actually horribly, like, one of the worst church stories that I've ever heard. And, and, and honestly, I was, like, again, thinking of giving up on ministry. And then um, I got an opportunity to be a youth pastor and worship leader at a church in El Dorado Hills where I served there for about two and a half years. And then I got to a place where I'm like, God, where are you calling us? Like, I'm just like, God, where are you calling us? I knew that it was over. I knew it was the end. And um, I got connected with, uh, with Pastor Caleb, and I seen him at a football game, and uh, I rock with him because my boy uh, curly-headed Jeffrey uh, with the S-curl, Juicy Curl, he, uh, he, uh, he was telling me so much because I wanted him to come to my church, and he was like, nah, my church fire. And I was like, you're right, come to my church. And then uh, he was like, Pastor Caleb, dope. And so he showed me Instagram. I'm like, all right, cool. He can dress. That's at least he can do. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> he, got, uh, he got the sauce. And so... I was, I was honestly in need of uh, mentorship, and I reached out to him, and I was like, family, you know, can we get connected? Um, after I met him at the game, I was like, bro, I rock with bro. And uh, I told my wife, too, I was like, he kind of fly. You see him, he had on the, uh, the fours, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and so uh, I was rocking with him, and then um, I hit him up, and then he linked with me, and I just, I, I honestly, like, I bore my soul. Like, I was, like, trying not to cry the whole time, <laughs> like, the whole entire time, and he just listened to me. He didn't like, and he was like, you know, first thing he said to me that, and I, I probably, I don't think I ever told you this, but first thing he said to me was like, man, I'm going to make mistakes too. Like my pastor that messes up too. And um, I was like, he's my guy. Because most people like act like everything is lit all the time and everything is perfect and you got it all figured out and I would never. And, 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 and he, didn't, he didn't say that. He just kept it honest with me. And he was like, and when I left, he was like, um, we were leaving. He was like, I know what to pray for you about, but can you pray for me to get, you know, we need a worship pastor and da 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 da. In my head, I was like, sheesh. Like, <laughs> I'll be leading worship. You see my Instagram? Like, I was leading worship, you know what I'm saying? And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, 
And so I, I was, my bad, I'm going heck along, but I'm, you're, go, you're I'm, I'm getting lengthy, you're but I'm almost done. I'm going to land the plane, okay? So, so we, um, we, we connected, and he told me that, and, and, the, and the first thing I did was, like, send him my friends. Like, I knew that I felt drawn to him, but I wanted to pray about it before I made any kind of weird decision because I was still full-time at another church, and I didn't want to seem like a creep like I already knew because Sam is my guy, and I didn't want it to, you know, that just gets weird. And so um, as we, we left, and I, sh- I shot him a text, and I was like, uh, um, oh, here goes all these people, connected them with all these people. I'm answering some kind of further questions. Let me just yeah. stop right there. Yeah, that's a good place to stop. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm answering what, all his questions right now. He's just going to pause the story. Yeah. Yeah. Just, I love it because Caleb was asked, was after he met with Justin just to connect as pastors in the city, um, Caleb was like, hey, I, we're looking for a worship pastor if you know anybody. So Justin proceeded to send us uh, multiple friends of his. Caleb started having conversations with other guys and other um, people. And it was so funny because that's where you came came back and we're just like, I don't want to be fake, but yeah. I'm supposed to be your next worship yeah. pastor. <laughs> um, yeah, sent me a bunch of other people and then like four days later he's like, bro, we need to meet. I'm like, what's up? And we meet, we sit down. He's like, I think I'm supposed to be your worship pastor. <laughs> and so I was like, well, let's start the journey. So he started leading for us and we really took our time with this. Yeah. Um, you know, we wanted to do our due diligence. We wanted to make sure they were, uh, felt like this was the right fit for them. And we felt like, you know, we were also the right fit for them and they were the right fit for us. And so he met with the board and we went through the whole journey. And I think it's been really cool four weeks in just seeing, um, you know, that sometimes God orchestrates things. He connected us at a football game. We had a conversation which led to this. And, uh, you know, God knows, uh, you guys don't know, but Christy and I have been praying for, a worship pastor for this church for years. We've never had a full-time worship pastor. And so Justin, actually, I'm just going to tell everybody, the, I think it was the first time you led. Yeah. Um, Justin led Jaira. And you guys know Jaira, you are enough. You know, it's all about, he's our provider. And the second he started singing the song, y'all know I don't cry. I'm a robot, right? <laughs> Chrissy will tell you, she never sees me cry. The second he started singing the song, I just like broke down in tears. You guys couldn't see me because I was on the front row. And I'm just like sobbing. And I'm like, Chrissy, what's wrong with me? Like, Are these emotions? What am I yeah. doing? <laughs> Does not compute what is happening. Yeah. And I think that it was after years of praying and feeling like in this moment as he's singing that God yeah. is a provider, yeah. God was telling me and revealing to me like, Here, I'm finally providing for you. You've been waiting. Let me tell you, sometimes the waiting is hard. And I know some are like, that's not that big of a deal. Like, it was a big deal for our church, you know? And it was hard at seasons. Chrissy carried, you know, the worship ministry of this church for years. And it was a wait, and it was hard, and she was pulled in different directions. And uh, and it was like, in that moment, God said, I am your provider. And I had you wait for a reason and a season. Um, And now... Let's get it. It's lit. Yeah. Um, and so, man, I'm so thrilled, like, you guys being here and, uh, and having this opportunity to walk alongside of you. So final thing, because we're going to talk today, Chrissy and I are about to jump in, um, we're going to talk about uh, your call as couples. And I know there's single people in here. We're going to address you too. But I think that so often there is a collision of calls in marriage. Like, we each have our individual calls, and then we come together and sometimes they don't align and they kind of clash and we, we get disconnected because like your call looks different than my call and am I supposed to help champion yours or you champion mine? So last thing from you guys, like talk to us about the call on you as individuals in the church and outside of the church and how that's kind of worked, how you've navigated that as a couple. Um, like he was saying, um, he told me, he was like, everything that I will become will come through him. And that's, that was hard because I was like, bro, like what what but I believe like um I can speak for him to say that we are first called to love God love each other honor each other serve each other and we had to learn what that looked like um because we came from like I won't say broke broken homes you know um he didn't see what a marriage was like I didn't see what a marriage was like so we had to learn and grow together when it came to our calling and he was a he was an amazing artist I would love to see him on stage do his thing you know, and I was like, man, like I started comparing myself um, because he was so great. And I'm a little bit more, a lot of bit more introverted mm-hmm. than him. And so I was like, you know, um, 
what can I do to support you? And there was areas that he was like, not yet. I see something different. And so it started to make me feel like I wasn't good enough. And uh, we would have this conversation and he was like, you're good enough. You're amazing. But I had to really remember that who I was with God first. And then when I started to realize like, yeah, I am good enough. I am. It was a battle. It was back and forth, back and forth. It wasn't just like, oh, I know. It was back and forth, back and forth. But through it all, I supported him. And then like he was saying, he would question. I would get intimidated with his questions. And I would be like, never mind. I'll just do whatever. But after a while, I really start to see and want to serve him. And as, um, as we got older and like start to learn more and get closer to God as individuals, we, he started to want to support me. And then as I supported him, he supported me and it went back and forth, but it was, it was one of those journeys. Like we had to learn together and grow together, but most importantly, we had to trust God as individuals yeah, first. You know? For sure. I think, I think the, the, the most churchy thing I can say is we have it all figured out. But we are still walking through the journey to understand how this flow goes, right? Because, I, I, and I said this at the last service, like, we were, we were helping plant a church, and so there was not a lot of kind of spiritual health, and just, like, it was just all, like, how are we doing on service? Like, everything was just, like, perform, 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 and then I go to another church, and it ends horribly, and, and we're heartbroken. My wife was done with serving at church. Like, she was done, and I'm, like, and I'm trying to press, but in my own secret place, I'm, like, I'm gonna go get a job at PG&E, and, and or I'm gonna focus on being an artist. Don't laugh, PG&E they pay well, okay? Um, no, it was shout funny. Out to all the it PG&Ers was out there. But um, but I, I really was I really was coming up to the conclusion that maybe this is not for me, and maybe I'm supposed to be 65 and do ministry. Like that's what it looks like because I was so burnt, and and people have done us really really bad. And, and coming out of my last season, you know, this has been the most healthiest. I've been in my entire ministry life. And it's been, you know, we're honeymoonphase.com right now, right? Like, it's a vibe. Everyone's chilling. Everyone's getting to know each other. But I can tell you, by our first staff meeting, us having prayer and us crying out to God and seeking the Lord and asking God what he wants us to do with service instead of looking at a form to say, hey, this is what they do. Like, we're literally seeking after the Lord for our church, for, for everything that we're doing. And that is the difference. And we, have, we are a, a really, like, I look at everyone on the staff and I'm like, there's health here. And, and, I'm gonna, I, I, and I said this last service, for real, most people do not want to attend the church they work at. They want to go somewhere else. And I, I remember my first Sunday just come and visit. I was just acting like I was just visiting. But in my head, I'm like, hmm, let me see. I don't know. Leave me, Lord. And uh, He and didn't tell me really quick. I he didn't. didn't tell me. And when I was here, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is amazing. Yeah. But he didn't tell me we were actually looking to see, like, uh, if we were going to attend. I, I, nobody knew. I feel like Pastor Chrissy knew. But, uh, <laughs> but Kayla was like, oh, no, bro. He just came to visit. What do you think? And so, <laughs> Sounds just like me. <laughs> and so, so we came and sat, and I was like, you know what? This is, a, this is a church that I would go to. Not that I would work at or that I would lead at, that I would go to. That I wanted to be a part of the team passing out donuts outside. That I would be a part. And that has not been the case. And this is not me trying to gas it up because we're, we have an opportunity to speak is honest to God, we are members here at Project Church, and we wouldn't trade this church family for nothing in the world, and I'm so grateful. And I just want to say, Pastor Chrissy, you did a great job leading. And it's not easy. And it is hard, especially because you're a phenomenal, incredible pastor, and you did the very best that you could with the time that you could. And I pray that I do you proud. I try not to look at you during worship. Could you throw me off? Because anytime I'm flat, like, she's looking right at me like, flat. You should have heard me. Reckless love, you guys probably all heard it. We could talk about it later. <laughs> but she looked at me right in my face like, yeah, it's too high. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> Judging me, Pastor Chrissy. But I just want to let you know that you, job well done. Can we give it up for Pastor Chrissy? She's incredible. Love you so much. So, I think... God brought you guys here for a few reasons, right? Like, I think, obviously, he's connected our hearts, and he wants us healthy leading together. Um, I believe God's appointed you to lead this team in worship, this church in worship for this season. But I also think you guys are a representation of a lot of people in this room that have some similar backgrounds. They didn't have marriages to look up to. They came out of a lot of dysfunction and you guys have started and are beginning new legacies, yes. the two of you, and with your children. 
and you're building a healthy family, not a perfect family because there aren't any, but a healthy family that is going to have generational impacts. You're breaking off generational curses. And I think that's partly why God brought you here to be an example to this church to say, you maybe never saw it and you didn't think you could have health, but God's done it here. He can do it there. He, he is the God of, he breaks chains. He breaks curses off generations and he's setting a new trajectory for your lives, for your marriages, for your futures. And and you guys are a great representation of that. So thank you. Thank you for fighting. Um, you know, and, and I know it's hard, but I mean fighting well and fighting for the right things. And so I want to pray over this couple. So we're going to stand. You guys do something, church. You guys stay seated. Reach your hands out towards them. And uh, we're going to just pray a, a blessing over this marriage, over this family, over their call to this church. So, Lord, right now, we just pray over the gossips. Thank you for their lives, their call. God, them together, first and foremost, may they both love you. God, may they get more intimate with you. God, may they draw closer to you. And then, Lord, may they love each other well. God, may this marriage be stronger next year than it was the last 12 years. God, may you continue to draw them closer to one another in all aspects of their lives, their call, their relationship. God, may they parent well, love their children well. And Lord, may they lead this church in worship well. God, Give them greater leadership ability than they've ever had. Make them healthier leaders than they've ever been. God, you're going to use them in a powerful way. And we do walk in the new legacies that you have started through them. God, and those that needed that today, they needed to hear that. God, new legacies. We release that in this house, in this church. And we believe for it today, Lord. Bless the gospels today. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 Come on, give it up for them today. Love you, guys. Love you guys. Hey, before uh, Christy and I jump in, I need you to give some love, uh, not just to the gosses, but my boy Mark McGovern is in the house. Wait, wait, wait. Where's Mark at? Where you at? Okay, he's back corner. They're hiding. Mark and Amanda McGovern, pastor of church in San Francisco. Mark actually spoke here, what, probably like a year ago, a little over a year ago. Um, and uh, they were on their way back from Tahoe, and they just stopped in to have church with us. So give some love to my boy and my girl, Mark and Amanda McGovern. That was a very churchy thing to do, you know, shouting out the pastors in the room. It's all good. But hey, uh, Chrissy and I want to jump in today. We're going to share real quick. We're going to do our best to share real quick with you. Um, as we continue this series, It's Not You, It's Me, we want to talk about purpose today. And the title of this message, if you're taking notes, is The Core of the Call. Because as I said earlier, I think so often there is a call that we have as individuals that sometimes when we get in relationships, they start to collide. And it's hard to manage the unique callings in relationships. And we don't know where the synergy comes. But I think if we get back to the core of the call that God has on all of, of us as husbands and wives, as married couples, and I think singles, you're going to take a lot out of this too, um, as God sets you up for the future, uh, I, I do think that God wanted to remind us to go back to the beginning. And so this whole series, we've been going back to Genesis and Adam and Eve in the beginning. If you missed any of it, you can watch it on YouTube, listen on Spotify, iTunes. Um, but man, we are believing right now, Christy and I, that God wants to strengthen the marriages in this church. He wants to strengthen the relationships so that we can have greater impact in this world. Because how many of you know... Um, Marriage is hard, and relationships are hard, and yet in it all, there is a call that God has for us. And so I want to read Genesis 2, or sorry, 128 and then 215. So here we go. And God blessed them, and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Genesis 2.15, the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and to keep it. So I think that a lot of people talk about the call, but what happens when your call in marriage maybe feels like there's a disconnection? And uh, I was thinking about it because married people, we need to go back to God's original design, the core of the call that's on all of us, that we would get back to that core because at the core of the call from God are some basic commands from God. And how many know God gives us commands to follow because it strengthens the call that we have from him. 
So if you take nothing else, I want you to take this today. The call of God on men and women is the core that bonds our connection to each other. It's the core that bonds our connection to each other. That's why calling matters. You hear me, church? I remember calling my wife for the first time. And I'm like, yo, girl, uh, um, let's talk. And I remember calling her. That first connection mattered. It mattered in a big way. I'm telling you. And so you know what I did? I prepared for the first call. How did I prepare? I had a cheat sheet of conversation starters. I'm like, if I'm calling her, I'm going to do it the right way. And so I, I, I had a cheat sheet, and I called her for the first time. She thought I was the greatest conversationalist ever. Um, but I had a I sheet, did. and I was going I was down so the list. Impressed. And I'm like, so tell me about this. I was ready. I got on the, I Googled good conversation starters. Okay, why? Because that first connection and that call is so important. It's the same way with us and God. So what we want to do today is we want to talk to you about the core of our call and what you're called to at the very core as followers of God. Totally. Can I just brief, brief um, interjection? Did anybody have a razor phone? You had to. Right? I felt like he bamboozled me a little bit because I had a razor. He had an iPhone, first generation, right? So, I got the first iPhone you know, the week it came out. You know how you can, like, text a whole bunch, right? Well, as Razor people, we were in the dark still. So he's texting me, and I'm getting the five out of five frames of messaging from him, and I thought he was super interested, but he's just a faster typer than I was. So anyways, make sure you know your technology, especially in this day and age, if you're going to move forward in relationships. Um, but, That's yeah. a great so addition. Thank you. <laughs> I really think that took us somewhere. Um, okay. <laughs> so let's get to it. The core of our call, we are called to number one, to stay connected, to stay connected to one another, to stay connected to one another. It says in Genesis 128, and God blessed them. Somebody say them. Them. And God said to them. Them. There is a singular command that is given to both of them. Them. We've got to stay connected to one another. I don't know about you, but date nights, I hate movie date nights. And he's known this from the very beginning because why would I ever go to on a movie date if my love language is quality time and words of affirmation and acts of service, all the things. You're not doing any of that loving during a movie. You're just... But I love watching movies. Yeah, uh-huh. So if you do do... Uh, do do, do do. I think that's so funny whenever I say I do do. Anyways. <laughs> if you do have a movie date, make sure that you allot time afterwards to connect over it. But I actually hate them because you're sitting there doing nothing together. And you're not connecting. And so I'm not saying that you never have to go on a movie date, but you have to stay connected. Staying connected takes intention. And you know what? Together we're supposed to be connected because there's a command on our lives. But for those of you who are single, there's a command and a call on your life. Oftentimes the call on your life is a command. And if you don't follow the call on your life, you will be disobedient. And so you have got to stay connected to what God is calling you to do and be totally connected with him. Stay connected to him. But as it relates to marriage, in this verse, it's saying that we have to be, we will be blessed together when we fulfill the commands that God has given us together. But it's more not about being side by side, not about being in the same room together. It's about being genuinely connected. And there's something that is called connection codes. It's a, it's a real... Um, it's kind of like baseline therapy, and it's this program that Caleb and I are actually going through, and we're going to talk to the couples about it in here in a couple of weeks. So we really um, encourage you to come so that you can have some codes to connecting with your spouse or to your, um, your fiancé. So connection is deeply important because it's intentional in building intimacy, and it's intentional on being obedient to the commands that God has given you. So your call your call and understanding the call on each other's lives will connect you. So you've got to be aligned with somebody whose calling aligns with yours. Okay, so staying connected, it's really important for you to understand that there needs to be an alignment in your calling, but also it may not be the same vocation. Let's also debunk this idea that calling is vocation and calling is the means to getting a paycheck. That is not your calling. 
God has a calling on your life before a paycheck is even, an, is even a thing. It's what God has passioned you for, what he created you for. Yeah, and when you get married, your first calling is to each other, right? Yeah. It, this is my call right here. It's to God mm-hmm. vertically, so I have to stay connected to God. Yeah. Otherwise, I don't know, even know how to connect here. But it's secondly that I would connect here. You would stay connected to one another. And, and then beyond that, because I think there's a lot of single people in here, and you're going to be, you're looking. Uh, you're trying to find that right person. Uh, I, I remember when I first talked to Chrissy on the phone, and she was talking to me about what she felt like she was supposed to do with her life. And she started telling me how she felt called to public speaking. Like how, a motivational speaker. Yeah, how she coach. felt um, she was an entrepreneur. She had started a nonprofit. And like she's telling me about all these things that she felt called to. She did not feel called to be a pastor's wife. Absolutely not. That was never something that God spoke to her, right? No. But I'm listening to all the things that God had put in her heart and she was called to. And I'm like, oh my goodness, all of that will align and does align with my call to be a pastor. And so I heard that. And honestly, if I had heard different from her, this probably wouldn't have happened because I was like, I'm going to be picky. I'm going to find someone whose call is going to align with mine. Now, not that they have to do exactly what you do like we do, but I didn't even know that it would end up looking like this. I didn't know we would end up being co-lead pastors of a church, but I knew that the giftings and the calling she was telling me about, they walked in congruence with the calling that I felt on my life. So single people, you're looking, make sure that you're finding someone whose call, there's a connection, obviously, to your call. And that's why I tell people, like, make sure you choose wisely. Because I can sit here and tell you, I have multiple friends from college who are no longer in ministry. And I would tell you that probably the number one reason is because their spouse, their call was not connected to their call. And if your spouse is not connected, if your callings are not connected in some way, it often will pull you away from the calling that you have on your life. And that's what I've seen, and that's why for, for me, it was like I'm choosing someone whose call obviously connects with mine, which leads to beyond staying connected, this call to each other, is this call to bear fruit. How many know God wants you to be fruitful? He said to, to Adam and Eve, he said, be fruitful and multiply. Now, what does being fruitful look like? That's a good question, because so often I think we go, okay, so fruitful, yeah, yeah, they were, to like, they were supposed to work the land and grow crops and and, and that was how they worked in that day. But how many know our life is a little different now? You know, thousands of years later, most of you aren't working a lot with your hands in the gardens. Uh, I don't think we have any farmers in here. Maybe we do. What's up? Um, Future Farmers of America, what up? And, uh, and, and maybe you're in here. But for us, what being fruitful looks like is creating. Yeah. And I believe um, we... we as at this church, we said, man, creative is our spirit. Why? Because God has called us to be a people that create. We create new things. We create things in this life. We have fruit bearing out of our lives. The fruits of the spirit come out of our lives. Mm-hmm. Marriage, how I many you know, played a part in the first sin. Adam and Eve, last week I talked about it. That marriage played a part in the first sin. But sin now plays a part in every marriage. And that's why... We have to look at the fruit that's coming out of our lives. Listen to me. Sin is the antithesis of fruit. It started with fruit. Sin started with fruit. And now it is what ruins fruit in our lives. And so if I could challenge you with nothing else today, honestly, I would challenge you with this. If you want to be more fruitful, you need to eliminate sin that would hinder your call together. And I'm, I, I meet with a lot of couples, and Chrissy and I do. We counsel couples. And I got to be honest with you, at the root of most of the struggles of couples is sin. Whether it's pride, whether it's pornography, whether it's uh, unhealthy mindsets, um, selfishness, whatever you want to call it, at the root of couples' disconnection is sin. And that's why we have to be passionate about eliminating sin from our lives so we can be the fruitful people that God has called us to be. I'm telling you, the church should be bearing more fruit than anyone else in this world. We should be going out to the highways, the byways, our workplaces, our neighborhoods, and fruit is just evident in our lives. Mm -hmm. But how many know there's a lot of Christians, there's little fruit, why? Because sin has them in bondage. Mm -hmm. 
And so today, God wants you fruitful. You're called to bear fruit, so let's eliminate the sin that hinders us. And here's the thing about sin. Sin is a choice, right? Sin and making bad choices is what sin is. It doesn't make you a bad person. It makes your choice. Sin is a product of bad choices. And so the greatest choice that you can make, especially in relationships, um, and I use this for myself often, is to choose humility. Somebody say, choose humility. Choose humility. It works every time. What I find myself when Caleb and I are, for instance, um, planning the week out, um, we're creating a schedule for our family, we're writing a sermon together, we're creating a sermon schedule together. When I am hard in my heart and I'm irritated with the process of getting something done and creating something with him, when my heart is hard or when um, I'm not engaged or I'm unintentional, I just don't want to create with him. Oftentimes, you'll find that sin is keeping you from creating. Somebody needed to hear that in this room. Right now, I feel like there's creators in this room, and you've limited to just art and dancing. But creating is creating schedules, creating healthy mindsets. It's creating. We are called to create well, and sin stops us from creating what God is wanting you to create. And so I find myself, when I'm not choosing humility, when I'm not creating love and creating a connection between both of us, I find myself in probably some sort of sin. I'm in, in selfishness. For instance, when we're in a fight, we, we hardly get in fights. Just FYI. Just kidding. We get in fights all the time. Or disagreements. When there's a moment where I know that I can turn around and cuddle like I always do and give him kisses, when there's that moment I'm just turning around and I'm like, I'm fine. I'm fine. Everything's fine. I'm not sinning. The Lord will say, choose humility. It's a choice to sin. It's a choice to choose humility. Choosing humility turns me around and creates connection with my partner. This is so important. Please, choose humility so that you don't stop creating connection with your partner. So also, as you connect with one another, you create connection with one another, we are also reminded that our call is to pursue God together. You know, it says to be fruitful and multiply. Again, a lot of us have relegated this just to having babies, right? Um, But God is asking for us to see that as more than being fruitful and multiply. Multiply. Sometimes I think that our faith is so low, our, our ability to carry out the call on our lives is so low because we are not pursuing God together. When I am down and out and and I know that I'm not accomplishing what I'm having, needing to accomplish. I don't have the energy to do what God has called me to do. I don't have the energy to keep going. I'm tempted to quit when I'm pursuing God and someone's pursuing God with me. He is helping me pull me along in the journey, push me along and encourage me. Two are better than one, you guys. When there are more, multiple people encouraging you to do and be all that God has called you to be and do that all he's accomplishing you to do, your faith multiplies when there's more people. Yeah. When your partner is invested with you, being intentional with you, faith multiplies. So couples, I'm so proud of you for even being in this room, coming with your friend, coming with your partner, coming with your fiance, coming with your spouse. When you come together and you pursue God together, faith multiplies. Mm-hmm. And we're called to be faith bringers, heaven bringers. And as we do life together, not alone, then we are then we're allowing faith to increase. And God is saying that you're fulfilling the call that I have on you to make disciples. Do you know that the church's call is to make disciples? Go and make disciples. Everywhere. That's what, that's what the, the, the command is for us, right? It, we say here at Project Church that, yes, our vision is to lead all people to life and freedom in Jesus. But our mission is to love people, make disciples, and plant churches. We do love people, and we love God, excuse me, and we make disciples through planting churches, but we didn't say that because it was a cool three-step mission statement for our church. It's because that's the call of God on our lives, every single one of you, to make disciples. So pursuing God together in true authentic connection is going to help you be a better representative of who God is to the rest of this world, and it'll help make disciples pursue god together keep coming to church together keep worshiping together keep studying together keep praying together prayer is our power so that's what god's called us to do yeah we want to let faith permeate every aspect of our lives 
And I think that so often we relegate, we put God in, we compartmentalize God. I don't know if you ever do this. I know guys, we tend to compartmentalize things. And uh, we can put God in a box that he just fits on Sunday mornings from 11 to 1230. You know, that's his spot. But it's like, no, he needs to permeate our lives. And especially in marriage and relationships, like our faith has to be intertwined to everything we're doing together. How we're leading our family, our children, um, the, the vision we have for ourselves and the call that God has placed on us to multiply and that is to, to make disciples. I think so often we think, okay, so that's the church's job, like the pastors. Yeah, yeah, they disciple people. They make disciples. No, no, that's every believer's call. So this is the core of your call. The core yeah. of the call is that you would be a multiplier. You would be fruitful and multiply, that you would make disciples. And when both of you are seeing that as your call, yeah. then guess what? No matter what else is happening around you, and the chaos that maybe is happening in your life, you know, at the end of the day, we're here to point people to Jesus. Yeah. That's at the core of our call, that yeah. our relationship should point people to Jesus, that our family should point people to Jesus. Yeah. I uh, was thinking about it, you know, as, as we talk about pursuing God together, and this scripture, which we read for you at the beginning, is that we would, it says, God bless him, God said to him, be fruitful and multiply and then it said, fill the earth, subdue it, and have dominion over it. And as I read that, you know, I'm like, man, we don't really talk about subduing and having dominion anymore in this, you know, culture. And I, I was thinking, like, what is this? I was digging into it, which is really at the core of the call, again, number four, that we're called to, is that we would steward faithfully. How many know you are stewards? Now, while this text doesn't have the word stewardship, it isn't found in this text. Uh, we believe, and biblically, theologically, it's implied. And a steward is merely someone who is appointed to rule in the place of the rightful ruler. So who's the rightful ruler? Our Savior, our Heavenly Father. But he's put us in a position of authority on this earth. Men and women, right? It says them, that we would have dominion and we would rule, we would steward well what God has put in our, in our hands. John Calvin actually asserted that everything was made for the benefit of man. That this is inerrantly linked to our being created in the image of God. You know you are image bearers of God, the Imago Dei. You carry the image of God upon you, and he has placed you in a position of using everything, all the resources, everything around you at your disposal to steward them well. What happens when we steward things well? We are fruitful, and we multiply, and we bless, and we make disciples, and we point people to Jesus. And so my challenge to us today is that you would take what God has put in your hands. Some of you are like, I haven't been given much. One seed, if you steward it well, God can grow into something great. Some of you have been given more seeds than others. You, you inherited more than others. You had maybe, uh, we don't like to work, use this word. But, but the privilege that you experience based on your upbringing is more than maybe some others in this room. All I'm saying to you, it doesn't matter if you have little or much, that you steward it well. And you're not stewarding it for you. You're steward it, stewarding it for the person who it really belongs to, to our God. Mm-hmm. And when you steward it well, there is fruit that follows you. And when you steward it well, God uses you. And let me tell you, you feel like you're fulfilling the call that God has on your life. So may we steward well what God has put in our hand. Yeah, so God has given us something to steward, but if you are called to steward something, that means you have to put some work into it. Somebody say work. Work, 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 work. work, work. I don't know the words. I just know the work part. Okay. So work and help one another. You know that you are created to work? Like what? I was created to enjoy enjoy life and just breathe the air and see the sunlight and enjoy God's creation. Yeah, he asked us to work it and keep it. It says this in Genesis 2.15, the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it, work it, and keep it. Mm -hmm. Work it and keep it. This word work in uh, Hebrew is abad, and it's to till, to toil, to work, to serve. Somebody say serve. Serve. Working is serving one another. 
one another in our work. Again, not just working alongside one another like robots, unemotional. I didn't mean that. <laughs> um, robots. No, it's to be connected to one another and working together. I love that God placed humanity in a garden to begin with. And the greatest partnership that we see on earth that represents Christ and his future bride is is marriage between man and woman. And we were placed in a garden. Oftentimes, the best book I've ever read on marriage, Timothy Keller, The Meaning of Marriage. If you haven't read it, look it up. If you're thinking about getting married, if you're married, get it. He likens marriage to a garden. And there's a lot of weeds you got to pull. There's a lot of you know, fruit that you need to prune, branches you need to prune. You got to till the soil. You got to fertilize the soil. You got to put a lot of work into your relationships. And you got to work what God has given you to steward. And the greatest thing that we have to steward here on earth, I'm going to tell you this right now, is relationships. Because relationships build the kingdom of God. Relationships are the only thing that we take to heaven. Relationships are eternal. There's eternal purpose in them. There's eternal ramifications of relationships. And so God is wanting to tell you and continue to encourage you that it is a joy and a privilege to work what God has entrusted you with. It says this in Genesis 2.18, that the Lord God said, it is not good that the man should be alone. I know a couple weeks ago I said, oh yeah, that's the first problem that man had, right? Being alone. So women, we are the first solution, amen? We are the first solution to their problem of being alone. But no, what I think also is being implied in the scripture is that it goes on to say, I will make a helper fit for him. Adam had just got done naming all the animals, naming all the plants, and recognizing that he was lonely. And he looked at the, the amount of work that needed to be done, and he needed help. There's too much work to be done for the kingdom, church. Too much work that needs to be done for the kingdom. We've got to be working. We can't do it alone. You can't do it without your community group. I'm sorry, you can't do it without your church. And maybe not this church, but the people that are also called to what you're called to, to make disciples. You can't do it alone. And I'm telling you, you're not going to do marriage well by yourself. <laughs> How many people know? Seems like an oxymoron, but some of us are trying to be individual. Individuals, it's all about me. And this world has got us caught up in being all about me. Self-care has taken a whole new level. Listen. And if you're not in a, in a marriage, in a dating relationship, God is saying, work at your relationship and communion with me. Yeah, that's good. That is the greatest connection you're going to have. Remember that cup I showed you? If it's horizontal and you're trying to fill your cup with water, that water is just going to get drained. And some of us are drained of our relationships because we are not flipping that cup up vertically to get all that God wants to pour into you. And, you know, there's this really cheesy quote. It was over... Pinterest way posted way too much. It was on my MySpace page as like in my bio. Like I'm a daughter, I'm a sister, I'm a student, and you also know that I'm single, right? And so I would put this, but a, but a believer single. You know, it's a single that loves Jesus. It says this: a woman's heart should be so lost in God that a man must be seeking the Lord to find it. I mean, some people say it's anonymous. I've heard that it's from Elizabeth Elliot, but I, it was so almost so trite that I didn't I posted it back then but even when I say it now I kind of want to like well that was so cheesy but sometimes the most trite statements and quotes are the most profound because here's what happens when we are pursuing God and when we are working in our relationship with him and working to have connection with him we're so lost in him man or woman we're so lost in him, but some of us are planting seeds everywhere else, and we're doing some dangerous things outside of God's safety. Mm-hmm. We're planting seeds, and we're, 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 we're getting so lost in everything else that this world is saying and, and beckoning us to be and do. But God's saying, get so lost in me that a man or woman should be looking for him to find your heart. Your heart needs to be so wrapped up and lost in him and so rooted in him that you do find your spouse. He'll take care of you. It's the safest place you can be. Stop doing the dangerous stuff. People are doing dangerous stuff trying to find a spouse. But the greatest safety you'll find is working with that con- for that connection with God. 
You know, it's really important to be deeply connected to God in our marriages, to be deeply connected to one another because there's something that God has for you to accomplish here on this earth. Somebody say, I have a purpose. I have a purpose. God wants you to accomplish the purpose, and the only way you're going to do that is to be connected with who God has given you to be connected to. When we're deeply connected to one another, we fuel one another in accomplishing what God has called us to accomplish. We champion one another and what he's called us to champion. Yeah, I want to close right now with this. I think that, you know, within our callings, there can be a collision. Because I'm, I'm an individualist. I don't know if there's anybody else out there. And so even this idea of like co-pastoring, honestly, when I was in college, I'm like, women shouldn't be pastors. You know, I, I had that mindset. And God had to change my heart and gave me a deeper understanding of the scriptures and what it really said. And, um, but often my wife, she, she's more collaborative by nature. And so even in my faith journey, it's like I do my thing with God and you do your thing with God. And then when it comes to calling, I'm like, I'm going to do my calling and you do your calling. And I remember it, it was about a year ago she came to me. It was like, I want you to write this book with me. And I was like, nah. <laughs> like... I don't want to write that book with you. Like, that's your thing. And she kept coming to me about it, and she got frustrated. Be real. You got, you got a little frustrated yeah, it wasn't me. a year ago. It was about five. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, so, so it's, <laughs> Holding on to it for it's been a battle for years. I'm like, that ain't my thing, girl. Like, you do your thing. I'm going to do my thing. Like, I don't feel called to that. And so I just kept saying, no, 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 no. And it did become a little point of contention, and I just told her, like, this last week, because a couple of weeks ago, a friend of mine reached out to me and he had had a pretty famous author that helped walk him through the writing process. And he knew that I had talked to him about a book before. And he's like, bro, I want to connect you to help you walk through this writing process to write your first book. And I said to him, man, I think you're supposed to connect him with my wife. And I'm still not going to write the book with her. I mean, he might do the foreword and a chapter. Whatever. Maybe. Okay. <laughs> but let me tell you. Uh-huh. My job is to champion the calling that God has placed on my wife. That's how I lead. That's how I come alongside of her. And so this was me going, man, I've just been pushing her away. And be like, no, 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 no. Instead of saying, what can I do to come alongside and support the call? It's still not mine. This is what she's supposed to do. But what can I do to support that? And so that's my challenge today. I think that some of us um, have disconnected from the person that God's called us to be connected to in the call that God has on their lives. And I think that there's a reason that many of you are struggling, maybe even in your connections with people, your connections with your spouse, and it may be because there's a disconnection between you and God. Yeah. How can you connect here, yeah. here if you're not connected here properly? Yeah, there's a disconnect And so today, as we close, I want to give you an opportunity to respond because I think there's someone in this room, there's some people in this room that your connection with God is, maybe it's gone. Maybe it's just, it's on the fritz. Maybe there's just like, there's static. Maybe it's because you've been running from God. Maybe you've ran, you've turned your back on God. You've never won a relationship with God and it's affecting all the other connections in your life. Today in this place, You were supposed to be here to hear this message so you could say, I'm done being disconnected from the one that I was created to be connected with. Today I'm going in. Let me me also say this. I just feel like this is for somebody because this word was so pronounced in my preparing for this message and it was codependence. And so something that I hate to admit, but even in this writing a book thing, I felt like the Lord was revealing to me that there was a level of codependence I had on accomplishing the call that God had on me. And hear me, I felt like he had asked me to do something, but I didn't want to do it. I don't think that I'm equipped to do it. And sometimes we would almost use the connection that God has given us, the healthy connection that God's given us to accomplish what we're supposed to do on our own. Do you hear me? There, it's possible to be codependent in your marriages. 
It's possible to be dependent on anything outside of the Lord, even in your marriage. And so I think somebody needed to hear this, that the problem of believing in yourself and accomplishing what God wants to accomplish in you, that problem, single people especially, that doesn't go away when you get married. Marriage is not the, the catch-all answer to all your problems. And I felt, I felt this in my spirit when I read a therapist say this, um, you can only love and support yourself as much as you love and support yourself. And you allow God to reveal who he is for you. Stop trying to connect with anything and depend on anything outside of him. And the brokenness in relationships, the brokenness in your marriage could be us trying to be like, it's you, it's you, it's all you, it's all you. But it's like, no, it's me, it's me and who am I dependent on? Mm -hmm. And if it's outside of God, it's going to be destructive. Yeah. If your dependence is outside of him and him alone, it's going to lead to disappointment and destruction. It's good. Would you bow your heads with us across this room? Before we go, I just want to give you an opportunity to respond. We want to give you an opportunity to respond. Maybe you're here, you say, Caleb, that's me. My connection with God has been off. Maybe you're completely disconnected. You've never had a relationship with Jesus. You've been running from Jesus. You've turned your back on the relationship with God that you're meant to have. You've been dependent on people, maybe on even your own calling for your purpose. And God's saying, no, it has to be rooted in me. If you're here today, you say, I need to come back in a right relationship with God. I need my connection back to be aligned with God. I want you to lift your hand right now in this place. Go ahead, put your hand up. Yes, 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 yes. Come on, church, give God some praise. You can put your hands down. I need you all to repeat this prayer after me in this room. Say this with me. Say, Jesus. I need a connection with you and you alone. Today, I ask you to open up the lines between me and you. Can't do it in my strength. I'm a sinner, broken, fallen, far from you. But today, I ask for forgiveness. And I ask you to restore what was meant to be. That I would be connected to a God, a good father that loves me and will lead me and guide me and show me the purpose, the call that you have for me. I love you, Jesus. Restore my connection. Give me that connection with you. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Come on, get on your feet and give God some praise today, church, in this place. Give God some praise in this place. So many people that raised their hands. I believe God restored connections today in this place. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to go. We've gone a little long. I know this is a little different than a normal Sunday. Thank you guys for being with us. I want to invite the prayer team forward. Um, They're going to be here to pray with you. Maybe you need prayer for your marriage. Your marriage has been struggling. Maybe you need prayer just because you raise your hand. Your connection with God has been off. I want you to come. Maybe you need prayer over anything that's going on in your life and you just need someone to come alongside you, support you, encourage you. We want to invite you forward for prayer. But I want to say a prayer of blessing over the relationships, the marriages, the single people, uh, and our connections with God as we go. Lord, right now I just pray that you would lead us out from this place to be fruitful, God. That we would be disciple-making church, disciple-making people. That we would multiply in your name. God, may we bear fruit wherever we go. God, if we have sin. God, I ask that you would break off the chains that will hinder us from what you've called us to do in this life. Lord, show us your calling. Show us your purpose for our lives. Right now, I pray over marriages, a deeper connection, God. I pray they would be relying on you first, but then they connect to one another second. Lord, I pray over single people in this place. They would uh, relish and celebrate this season. This single season, may they make the most of it, not be bitter or push back on it, but God, embrace the season you place them in, but prepare them for the season that you have for them in the future. God, right now, we pray that you would lead us and guide us as we go out from this place. We love you, Jesus. We pray all this in your name. Amen. Amen. Church, Chrissy and I love you.
We hope you have an amazing week. Let's give God one more shout of praise in this place. God bless you. If you need prayer, our prayer team will be up here. Have a great day. We'll see you soon, church. Hey, thanks so much for tuning in to the Project Church podcast. We pray and hope that this message encouraged you, built you up, and gave you life. We want to ask that you would invest right now in what God is doing here in downtown Sacramento. We've just recently moved in to our all-new building in the waterfront, Old Sacramento District. We want to ask you, if you'd like to give, you can go to projectchurch.com forward slash give to invest. Let's see all that God can do through us.